I believe that the quality of life we live directly reflects the type of relationships that we have with ourselves, others, God, and everything in between. Welcome to my inner and outer world. My name is Tyler Joe Stratton, and I am the host of the Happy Heart Academy podcast, where it is my mission to significantly improve the quality of life you live by teaching you how to live more joyfully from your heart rather than your hurt so that you can begin to experience more joyful and loving relationships with yourself, others, God, and everything in between after a devastating heartbreak. Thank you for joining me today. Now let the podcast begin. What is up, my dear friend, and welcome back to the Happy Heart Academy podcast. I am your host, Tyler Joe Stratton, and today we are talking about the seven emotional stages we all go through after a breakup. Now, ideally, it is my hope that I clearly communicate this message to you so that you can recognize where you were, where you're at, and where you're headed so that you don't feel so stuck. Ideally, a lot of our pain comes from we feel like we're taking multiple steps back or we're not moving forward as quickly as we'd want to or we're not yet, quote unquote, healed. We're not yet happy. We're not yet at peace or content with our current circumstance. So today we're going to be walking and talking about the seven emotional stages and acting as if these are your roadmap. This is your roadmap. This is your GPS. This is going to get you from point A to point B, right? From wherever you are now on the roadmap to where you want to be on the roadmap, right? So bear with me as we dive into this. It might be a little bit longer one today, but nonetheless, it's going to be some good information, some good insights, some good helpful tools so that you can manage these difficult times during your heartbreak journey, so that you can go from heartbreak to happiness, from complete chaos to control in your life. So once again, I'm so grateful that you are here today deciding to work on yourself and journey inward, as I know it is a difficult journey to spend time alone because we run back to our emotions that don't seem to serve us, that don't seem too helpful, that oftentimes make us feel like we can't have a good day. So let's take a moment to breathe, to be fully present, and to be grateful for this life that we have to live today. Like you are alive. You won the lottery. You're here. Let's let's be blessed. Let's be grateful. Find one or two things that you're grateful for today as we move into this heartfelt space together. Today, I am just grateful that it is, I'm recording this on a Friday, and um, I'm grateful that uh, I have a lot of good things to look forward to this weekend. We're going out to uh, um, a fall festival uh, with uh, my wife and two of our uh, friends, so I'm excited for that. I'm grateful for that. Nonetheless, let's get this podcast on the road. Remember, when we start off in our journey toward healing, no matter how much you wish it were possible, you can't be the one who makes the relationship work. If you're the only one who wants it to work and the other partner does not, that relationship just will fall apart. So remember that healthy relationships require effort from both partners and you can't blame yourself for not being able to uphold a relationship on your own. So today we are talking about the seven emotional stages that we all go through after a heartbreak. And before I talk about the nitty-gritty and the seven actual stages, I do want to quote and, and, and kind of uh, explain to you that we all can go up and down these emotional stages. And 
We can be in several of them at once. So just be kind to yourself during this time. You are currently shifting into a newer version of yourself. You're breaking the shell of who you used to be to evolve into the person who you must become in order to attract the person that you want. So this can take time. Just as a caterpillar takes time to become a butterfly, it's going to take time for you to evolve into a better version of yourself. And so there needs to be a period of darkness, the dark night of the soul, as you adventure inward and reclaim your life. There's going to be a sense of darkness, but your shell's going to eventually break, and you're going to be able to navigate and flourish and find contentment, peace, and happiness. So just because you feel ready to forgive them doesn't mean that something else will not trigger you back into the feelings of anger, sadness, and aloneness. It is my goal to equip you with the proper tools to help you regulate and manage the emotions that oftentimes come up when, it, when you're facing a heartbreak. And as you'll get to a point where you stop seeing the relationship through the rose-tinted glasses, you must, like I said, remember that no matter how much you wish it were possible, you can't make a relationship work if you're the only one working it. So that's what I want to say before we get into the seven emotional stages we go through after a breakup. Now, on a emotional stage number one. The first emotional stage that we oftentimes face when we go through a breakup is the shock and denial phase. You know, this is the phase where you can't believe that the breakup is actually happening. The heartbreak is actually happening. The divorce is actually happening. Happening. You're currently like scratching your head. Sometimes I've talked to some clients that say like, hey, I didn't even see it coming. And part of me questions that. I push back a little bit in a kind way, but I push back and I'm like, you're telling me that there were no red flags that you've ignored along the way that basically screamed at you that said, hey, like, this isn't working out. See, your intuition, your heart is guiding you through the entire process. And many of the times we, we turn that volume down and we turn on the volume of what we want it, the reality to be. So we oftentimes ignore the red flags, and then we find ourselves within complete shock and denial. Like, how did this happen? I thought we were great. When I bring you back to the relationship in and of itself, oftentimes what you'll find is that the relationship actually wasn't all that great. Now, in this phase, you're constantly being, you're constantly checking in on your phone for that caller ID to say their name. You're constantly checking yourself to see if they're going to call you, text you, um, snap you, email you. And all of this um, is just in a matter of trying to figure it all out. You're trying to figure out like, hey, like I, I need to stay busy during this time. I need to not continue to check and wait to see if they're going to get a hold of me. I'm not going to wait and see if they're going to go out with their friends, go out to the bar, go out, go out, go out, wherever they go. To grandmother's house they go, right? Um, but ultimately, this is just the first stage. We're shocked. We're in denial. We Denial is a good thing. It's oftentimes a coping mechanism that helps us to protect ourselves from the overwhelming emotions that we experience after a thing like a heartbreak, a breakup, a divorce, uh, a lost loved one. So just try to stay busy, um, you know, during this time. Um, because once again, most people try to stay busy so that they don't oftentimes think about them. That's stage number one, just shock and denial. We all face it anytime a tragic tragedy happens, anytime a loss takes place. 
And then what we move into is uh, oftentimes in a breakup, and I know you've been there. I know a lot of you come to me to get these answers, uh, these questions answered. And number two is a matter of desperate need for answers. Like after you move out of the shock phase, once the shock of your breakup has worn off, you will likely start asking yourself lots of what ifs, whys, and how questions such as what's wrong with me? Why didn't he or she want to try to make it work? Or how could I have fixed things? You, you ponder back in the past relationship. And, and what you do is we oftentimes question how could we have improved? How, oh, I shouldn't have yelled. Um, I shouldn't have, you know, uh, let her go out. I shouldn't have. Whatever. He or she, it doesn't matter who they are. You start asking all of these questions. And during this uh, emotional stage of questions, people oftentimes ask themselves after breakups, they reflect profound feelings of rejection and inadequacy. You feel incompetent. You don't feel good enough. You feel unworthy. You don't feel like you, you can be loved. You don't feel like it was, it was all a lie is, is what we all, uh, you know, come to terms with. If this sounds familiar, that means once again, that you've either experienced this, are experiencing this, or going to experience this, depending on how new the heartbreak was. So just understand that after the shock phase and the denial phase, you're going to start asking yourself questions. And this could be like moments after. It could be like an hour after. You'd be like, well, what was wrong with me? What went wrong? Like, why did, why did this happen? Why did they leave me? Um, you know, or, or how did I not see this coming? Or how could they already be with someone? Or, you know, how could I have fixed things or whatever? You know, those questions that you oftentimes ask and come to me to um, find, find your answers and, and kind of help you navigate through those. So if you are having questions that you're currently feeling stuck on, once again, there is a free 30-minute heartbreak recovery coaching call that we can jump on together and navigate that time together. If you're stuck on a question, once again, take an opportunity to just sit down. Let's, let's just be one-on-one, get to know each other, talk about those questions that you are looking for, looking for answers. So stage number two is the desperate need for answers. Stage number three oftentimes is known as fear loneliness and sadness. You fear that you will be lonely forever, that you will not be able to cope by yourself, that you will have nobody to talk to or care for you. This is the time where we often move into this emotional stage. We, we answer, we ask these poor quality questions that will equate to poor quality answers, which will equate to poor quality of life. And we, it, these questions oftentimes lead us into the feelings of fear, loneliness, and sadness. And these are, this is the time where I'll never find anybody like them. Good. That's what I usually say. Good. You don't, you don't need to find someone like them. Because what really has happened is you have created them to be someone that they are not. not some, if, if they were who they, if you, if they were who you believe they were, then you guys would still be together, period. But the truth is, is you've created a false identity within them. It's a hope-filled identity. It's, it's an identity you wish that they had or you wish that they still had. They once had it, but they lost it. You stuck with them and hope that they would return back to their old selves. And ideally, we then find ourselves feeling like we're going to be lonely forever, that love will never reside, it will never come back, that, you know what, there's nobody to talk to, no one to care about me, no one that's going to love me, support me, make me feel significant, purposeful ever again. It's all over. It's never coming back. This, my friend, 
is normal, but it's a real big false. It's a big false reality. You'll feel like you want to stay in bed. You'll want to feel like you want to hide under the covers. You're going to feel lonely, depressed, and sad for yourself. You can feel completely disconnected and withdrawn from others and prefer to be alone. You'll tell yourself that you will never be able to find a person who will love you the way that they did. You'll question if you're good enough and if someone else could ever love you. Have you been here? Because I know I have. And I was once in your shoes where I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to find someone like that. I don't think I'll ever find a love like I felt like that puppy dog love. I don't think I'll ever feel is loved, supported, cared, significant, purposeful in a relationship ever again. But lo and behold, as I worked through those emotions and began to release and let them go, process that, rebuild myself and move toward a hope-filled future that I focused on, I then began to see that I don't attract what I want. I attract who I am and what I, what I am. So if you want to attract a better quality love in person, then you need to become a better quality person. Now, during this time of fear, loneliness, and sadness, once again, you just feel basically like it's there, there's no hope here. Absolutely no hope. And then you'll move into stage four, and it's the, the bargaining phase. And you want to go back to the past and fix or change what has happened. This is that stage, right? You'll attempt to postpone your sadness by imagining, well, what if scenarios? You know, you'll do, dwell on what you could have done to prevent the loss. It's the bargaining phase. It's the idea that you're going to go way back in your past. You're going to find memories. You're going to see pictures. You're going to see videos. You're going to reach anniversaries. You're going to, you're going to be in this bargaining phase trying to figure out what you could have done differently then and what you could do differently now to win them back so that you don't have to face this pain to evolve into the better version of yourself. You see, oftentimes many of us don't allow ourselves to sit in the pain long enough to hit our um, emotional threshold. When we hit our emotional threshold, that's when we'll change. Like when we feel like we enough is enough, that's when you'll change. You haven't allowed yourself, you've only allowed yourself to feel it every now and again. Like every day you'll feel it, but it's only for a couple moments before you get busy again. You never allow yourself to fully feel it like a tidal wave and allow yourself to, and maybe you have, and I'm not, not counting that out. Maybe you've had those emotional tidal waves come into your life, but I'm saying like, once you experience those, once you experience those things and those emotions and those tidal waves that come in and, and, and roll us over, you're going to want to sit with it long enough so that you just feel like I am sick and tired of feeling sick and tired and this emotional threshold you're going to break through and you're going to start to change. You're going to start to improve your mindset. You're going to start to, you know, maybe read more books, listen to more positive podcasts. You might start taking care of your health set. You might start going to the gym. You might start walking. You might start, you know, um, biking. You might start hiking. You might start rock climbing. You might start surfing again, whatever it might be. You might start doing yoga. You're going to start moving your body and taking command of your mind and then your body. And then you're going to start taking care of your emotions. Your emotions are what seems to be most difficult for people to handle, but then you're going to investigate and start to control these emotions. Why? Because you're going to get into meditation. You're going to try, you know, different spiritual and guidance practices, self-help techniques that help you to govern your emotions. But anyway, stage number four, once again, is bargaining. Once you think about the past, you're oftentimes going to move to stage five, which is just straight anger. You start to think about all of the things that you did for this person. You ask yourself things like, I don't understand why they left me. I was such a good boyfriend or girlfriend. 
husband or wife, whatever you identified as, of course, and nobody else will ever do what I did for them. Good luck trying to find someone else, you know, who will do those things for you or put up with you that long. Anger, whether it's directed toward your ex, yourself, or the situation in general, can put an end to the numbness and make you feel alive again. It can also give you a positive direction and help you lift yourself out of your slump. This is the emotional threshold. This is like you got so angry about what it, what you went through. You've gotten so sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. It's that anger, that overconsumption of anger, and you're just like, enough. Enough. Enough is enough. So what do you do? You start to pick yourself back up. You start to allow yourself to move into a direction of peace and acceptance, which is number six. So if you're in the anger, anger phase, like you're just peed off, you know, you're just not having it anymore. Ideally, this is the time when you take command, responsibility, and control of your life, body, emotions, and you start to work toward that peace and acceptance. So even though you feel as though you will never get to the point of peace, like I know I I felt that way so much, like this pain's never going to end. It doesn't matter who I talk to, what I do, what book I read, once again, it's because I never dealt with what I needed to actually deal with. I, need, I never put, out, put it out there the way that I needed to put it out there so that I could actually heal it or just be okay with it and at peace with it. In spite of the heartache, tears, anger, and fear, you are still alive. You made it. You got through the first five stages. You're on a stage number six, and it's the peace of an acceptance. And you will be much stronger than you were before. And you know what? You will have learned a lot about what you need and what you want in your life. You're going to understand what you need and what you want because you know what you don't want or don't need in your life. You're going to start to create some boundaries, whether you're aware of it or not. It's like, I really didn't like that about this relationship. You Sometimes you got to know what you don't want in order to know what you do want. So you will realize that you are capable of loving again and that you are worthy of being loved and you will are ready to give love in this space. And then seven which is ultimately the last kind of uh, emotional stage that we oftentimes go through, and it's forgiveness. This is not forgiving your ex, but also about forgiving yourself. It's taking back your own personal power. It's a matter of taking back what is yours, your life, your emotions, your body, your mind, your spirit, your yourself, your entire self. So my dear friend, these are the seven emotional stages that we all go through. And each one of them comes with its own complications, difficulties, struggles, and ideally the the best way that you can navigate yourself through all of this, I'm going to give you the biggest tip that I can that has helped me go from stage one to stage seven is having a hope-filled future. My friend, if you don't have a hope-filled future, a future that you've created, designed, mapped out, found purpose about, creative, you know, expressiveness about, if you haven't created a hope-filled future, then it's going to help, it's going to be hard for you to step away from the pat, painful past and into the, you know, uh, perfect present or the hope-filled future, okay? If you do not map out a, once again, hope-filled future, a meaningful pursuit, it's going to be hard for you to walk through those seven stages, I don't know what your meaning is, what your purpose is, what you bring to the table. That's you. That's you work. 
I can help you to unlock each one of those things to help you kind of navigate, to help you understand what your purpose is, what your meaning is, what what you should bring to the table, what you should maybe focus on. But nonetheless, you'll never let go of the past if you believe that that's where your happiness is going to only be. When you start to realize that your happiness is in the present moment, And in the hope-filled future, you'll start to move away from the past, navigate yourself through those emotional um, uh, stages, and you will start to find peace, acceptance, and forgiveness. That's the state that you're going to continue to live with and hopefulness. All because you've decided to be like, you know what, I'm I'm going to literally, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll have a notebook, you know, little notebook here, pen, paper, and you start to map out and draw out what I want in this life is, what I want to be remembered for, what type of relationship I want to have, what type of, you know, all of these things that you, who do you want to be kind of questions? Like I want to become what? And then you work toward that. And that, that brings you hope that brings you excitement because guess what? You might want to be more confident. You might want to be a better speaker. You want to, you might want to look better, feel better, have more energy, vitality, aliveness, um, whatever that may be for you, but you're going to want more of that. So once again, you're going to work toward that. And one, once again, my dear friend, that is the key that will help you to get through this difficult time. It is the key that's going to change everything for you is to create that hope-filled future, giving yourself something to look forward to. Most people don't redesign their life. Most people allow life to happen to them rather than for them. And you can't, you will continue to allow life to happen to you if you never create a hope-filled future for yourself. Because once you have a vision, once you have a goal, once you have a purpose, once you have an identity that you can move toward, you're going to slowly work toward that because that's going to become your burning desire. That's going to become something that you truly want and you're going to go get it. And nothing's going to stop you. So my friend, what is your meaningful pursuit that you can begin to focus on today that can help you to get you out of the pain of the past and in either the the, the positive present or the hope-filled future? And once again, my friend, before I jump off here, be sure to check out the new training. It's a free training. It's about 30 minutes long. And uh, definitely check it out if you're struggling to move on. If you're struggling to create happiness during your singleness, if you're struggling because you feel stuck, because you can't let go, because you're unsure how to reclaim your personal power, your personal life back, you feel like it's impossible to move on. You've, you've been there for three, three weeks, three months, or three years. You can't seem to let go of them. The obsessive thoughts continue, and you can't seem to release them. Be sure to check out the free training. The link will be in the show notes below. Nonetheless, that is going to be the place where you can begin your heartbreak journey so that you can walk back toward your happiness. So be sure to check that out in the link below, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this on any of one of your podcasting app, it'll say free training. And that's my gift to you as you will get and uncover the three steps that everyone must take and walk through and focus on as you go through your healing journey so that you can go from heartbreak to happiness. My dear friend, my name is Tyler Joe Stratton. I am your heartbreak recovery coach coming to you today, hoping and praying for you. I hope that your heart is healing, and I hope that you find a way to live more joyfully from your heart rather than your hurt. If you found this podcast helpful, encouraging, supportive, or uplifting, please make it your mission to tell other people about this podcast, because I believe it is on each and every single one of us to spread more positivity, more hope, more encouragement during these times of chaos, negativity, heartbreak, and struggle. Because I believe you have the power to be the dealer of hope by lifting up other people through positive education so that their life can begin to change. 
change for the better. If there is one thing that I would ask any of you to do, it would be to be the light in the darkness and be the hope in the hopeless and be the love that you know this world needs more of. And remember, it is our duty and grand plan to be the warrior whose mission it is to love, lead, and serve all of those that we can by being the person they need us to be. And you can begin to be that person in their life by simply sharing this podcast with those who you know could use some more help, hope, love, and encouragement. And with the utmost gratitude in my heart, I thank you for spending your precious time with me today and listening to the podcast.